his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 80, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we're pleased to be joined by Major Mike Peterson, Director of Public Affairs for the Connecticut National Guard. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thanks for having me back. So Operation ELF is wrapping up for another year. You're still looking for some donations and what Operation ELF is is a program designed to help the families of Connecticut military personnel deployed overseas, especially around the holidays. Absolutely. Uh, Operation ELF actually stands for Embracing Lonely Families because uh, no one in the military, no one outside of the military uh, knows how difficult it is to have a loved one who's overseas uh, deployed during the holiday season. So uh, we try to help Connecticut's military families. We know we're not going to get rid of all of the stress of the holiday season, but the real goal is to just sort of alleviate some of that stress, let our families of Connecticut's military personnel know that we're we're there for them to help, uh, especially during times of need. In the past, we've done a lot with uh, toy drives and uh, donations of that sort, but we've sort of shifted recently uh, to uh, stuff that can help year-round, whether it's snowplow services, because the uh, the the member of the household that was used used to doing the shoveling or the snowplowing was is uh, is is deployed now. Um, heating and oil services, uh, gift cards to pharmacies and uh, shops, uh, supermarkets to help kind of pay those bills off and kind of help just alleviate that stress. You've got a big party coming up next weekend. But it's not too late for folks to help and uh, donate. You have a deadline of tomorrow, right? We do. Tomorrow we'll have extended hours on Monday at the Hartford Armory at 360 Broad Street. And we encourage anyone to check out our Facebook page for more information or ways to get in contact with us uh, to find out how you can maybe coordinate a delivery of, of donations if, if it's something that you've uh, uh, been interested in. And the event you have coming up next weekend, not open to the public, but it's a way to say thank you to Connecticut military families. It is. Uh, We've got about 200 members already signed up, or 200 members and their families already uh, uh, signed up for a total of 200 people uh, to come to the Armory on Saturday morning and uh, uh, sort of a little holiday get-together. We'll have Santa, and every year it's themed um, they'll be surprised when they get in the door and see that the drill shed floor of the Hartford Armory, for anyone who's been there, that monstrous drill shed floor is uh, sort of transformed into a, a winter wonderland of sorts for uh, for families to sort of get away from it a little bit, commiserate and be with other members of families who have a deployed loved one and, and uh, enjoy the morning. Operation ELF is something that dates back almost two decades now and really a labor of love for those involved in it. It really is. Our service member and family support center has been involved since 
uh, 2001, since the deployments really started ramping up in uh, in the Middle East, uh, and Connecticut guardsmen have been have been going overseas. We saw that there was a really a, a, a desire and a want to help those families of deployed personnel, and we really just wanted to provide a venue where we we had the opportunity to say thank you and let family members know that the guard is a family itself, and we're here to we're here to support, we're here to help, and see how we can uh, uh, bridge the gap as much as possible. Talk about some of the hardships that military families face when a loved one is deployed, especially around the holidays. It's difficult. No matter the time of year, it's never a difficult time for a guardsman to to pick up their life and put it on hold, uh, whether it's with their family or uh, the interesting component that we have in the Guard and the Reserve is the career aspect of it. Most of us don't work full-time for the Guard. We're the traditional you know, one weekend a month, two weeks a year that you always hear about, which means that the majority of our force has civilian careers. They're school teachers and they're insurance agents, plumbers, roofers, uh, from every walk of life. So they're putting that extra portion on hold, adding that stress to uh, the family when they're going to have a loved one away. So doing it during the holiday season, having loved ones gone during the holiday season is just makes it even more difficult, adding that extra stress. And that's why we try to bring everybody together, everybody who wants to come that has that deployed loved one or someone in the deployment cycle to, to come to the armory and really uh, uh, just get a morning away. In fact, you had a send-off ceremony on Friday for two Connecticut National Guard units that will be deploying overseas. Tell us about that and where they will be going and what they will be doing. We had a send-off ceremony on Friday at the Hartford Armory uh, to wish off about tw- to send off about uh, 20 of our guardsmen, um, fire- specifically firefighters and uh, soldiers who specialize in cyber operations. So the 256th Engineer Detachment uh, will be going to Romania, uh, and they'll be helping with uh, firefighting at the, their assigned area um, in an airfield. And the uh, cyber warfare company, uh, the detachment of about a half dozen soldiers that will be going to an undisclosed location, will be supporting cyber operations, helping to support uh, and defend attacks against uh, critical DOD network infrastructure. Is that a relatively new specialty for the Guard? Very, very much so, especially in Connecticut. Cyber operations, cyber defense, cyber hacking, uh, it's just in the news everywhere you look, it seems, these days. Um, This unit, this detachment, of service members, highly specialized service members, only stood up and became an actual unit in Connecticut less than two years ago. And for them to become that unit of 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 such with, that requires such high levels of training, high highly specialized skill set, uh, and to be going uh, in a deployment to deploy essentially where they will um, defend the DoD's network uh, infrastructure is is impressive. It's incredible. I'm guessing those skills are highly sought after if someone wants to maybe parlay that into a career outside of the military, too. Absolutely. I mean, you hear all the time about joining the National Guard because it's going to give you a skill set that you might not be able to get training for uh, uh, in the civilian world, especially uh, with a lot of the highly specialized units we have right here in Connecticut. Um, But you can, without a doubt, the certifications that you get for uh, that you have to earn to become one of these cyber specialists are definitely uh, in demand, in, in, in high demand in the civilian world. So cyber specialists, firefighters, what other specialties do the Connecticut National Guard members uh, possess? We have a couple of unique skill sets to the Connecticut National Guard that you might not find anywhere else. Um, 
The most unique is uh, our military working dog detachment. Um, the 928th Military Working Dog Detachment are a military police uh, unit out of Newtown, Connecticut. They're the only ones in the Connecticut National, excuse me, in the National Guard and the reserves as a whole. Uh, everything else is an active duty. Uh, every other working dog detachment or working dog unit that you would see is is. An active component. So the working dogs are, uh, are specifically unique to Connecticut, uh, doing missions in and out of state all the time, security sweeps, um, uh, supporting major events that take place here in the Northeast. So that's another one of those specialized skill sets that you can come to Connecticut and only find here. Um, some of our other deployed units are, are, are highly specialized skills, and it's a good cro- diverse cross-section, I think, of what you would find uh, anywhere, uh, excuse me, uh, here in Connecticut. Um, we have uh, route clearance teams, engineers that are uh, specialized in uh, IED, and uh, uh, improvised explosive device detection, where they're helping to clear roads to make it safer for, uh, for vehicles, military vehicles, to travel along roads in Southwest Asia. Um, Aviation maintenance. Our depot, our depot down in Groton, specializes in Chinook and Black Hawk maintenance for 14 different states. They have aircraft that come in and they they can strip it down to its bare bones and build it back up as part of its required maintenance to make sure that those birds stay in the air for uh, both missions here in the United States and and overseas. Um, Medevac, medical evacuation. We have a unit that's dedicated to aeromedical evacuation via Blackhawk, currently over serving overseas right now in uh, in Southwest Asia and spread throughout because of how obviously high in demand medical services are. So, uh, an incredible cross uh, cross section of what you can do in the guard that you might not be able to do to do elsewhere. Um, and we don't just support overseas; we support uh, missions right here in the United States and in Connecticut as well. In fact, when we had tornadoes hit the state back in May, yeah, absolutely. When uh, when those uh, I think they called them microbursts, macrobursts. The there were, uh, yeah, ma- there was a macroburst, I, I believe, in I, tornadoes I, I, and tornadoes and strong remember, storms. Yeah, right. I don't remember the exact term, but uh, what I do know is that we had guardsmen on the ground supporting uh, the various state agencies and companies that needed to help get people uh, uh, cleared out from clear those roads out for them, uh, so that. Utility workers could come in and work on the power lines because you know you had a lot of roads down there that we we saw were cut off completely from uh, from being uh, from traffic so that it's from getting a car in or out of there so to be sure that uh, Eversource or uh, UI could get in there uh, our engineers went down there for both Army and Air Air Guard engineers went down there for a couple of days and helped support uh, those route clearance efforts to help uh, help get those communities back online. Uh, how many people are in the Connecticut National Guard, and, and how many do you have currently deployed or getting ready to deploy? Sure. So uh, we have about 4,700 Connecticut National Guardsmen, um, about 3,600 on the Army side and about 1,100 uh, in the Air National Guard. And uh, of that, about 150 are deployed right now, and we'll be just north of that um, shortly once the units that we had the send-off ceremony for on Friday uh, go overseas themselves. Now, talk about the the continued investment, especially up at the uh, the Bradley Air Guard facility. 
there was recently the opening of, for lack of a better term, a, an airplane wash, kind of a car wash for, for C-130 cargo planes. But there's been a continued investment by the government up there, hasn't there? Right. So we had uh, a ribbon cutting um, very recently for our fuel cell and corrosion control facility uh, <laughs> up there, which is the, the, techni- the, technical, the technical name for it. Um, but the transformation that has come about in uh, our northern facilities, specifically uh, the airbase in East Granby and uh, just down the road, Camp Hartel in Windsor Locks, has been uh, incredible. Less than a decade ago, uh, we weren't sure what our mission would look like in the Air National Guard between uh, base realignment and closure uh, commissions. It wasn't sure what the mission was going to look like for the Air National Guard. A lot of people fought and made sure that we had that C-130 mission that came in. The, the Air National Guard flew A-10s for forever, the Warthogs forever, it seemed like. And then uh, this was a rapid departure. But uh, obviously, with a larger aircraft that you need to service, it requires uh, larger facilities and different facilities specialized for going from uh, what the A-10 could do to the cargo lift cap- capabilities of a C-130. So uh, along with this, the fuel cell, along with a larger hangar and all the renovations that were done to the hangar itself, uh, we're also going to be opening a small air terminal up there that'll better service the C-130 mission between our logistics and operations personnel up there. Um, It'll make a world of difference in a a state-of-the-art facility for them to be able to work out of. And uh, we're also going to be breaking ground soon on a new entry control point, basically a new uh, uh, entrance and exit for the post that's safer and uh, uh, meets a lot more of the demands that the post requ- that, re- that are required at the airbase. You're listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Major Mike Peterson. He's Director of Public Affairs for the Connecticut National Guard. Talk about some of the missions that the Air Guard has undertaken. I'm thinking relief missions after hurricanes, Puerto Rico, Texas, other areas. The Guard is committed to helping Americans wherever wherever in they're in need. Our, our, our own tagline is uh, always ready and always there. And I think we showed that in 2017 um, with support, especially when it seemed like uh, in late summer, early fall, it was hurricane after hurricane after hurricane. Specifically, focusing on uh, the relief efforts in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria, uh, that was an undertaking of over 150 Connecticut Guardsmen and over uh, 70 sorties or C-130 missions, either transporting equipment, personnel, or uh, other things that were vitally needed down in not just not just Puerto Rico, but the staging areas that helped set it up. Obviously, uh, you know when you're on an island, there's only so much room for aircraft to come in and out. So they were supporting uh, operations north of Puerto Rico in, in like Georgia. Uh, to make sure that they had personnel on site, whether it was maintainers or uh, C-130 crews and operators that were down there on standby, ready to go in case they needed to load up an aircraft and bring more uh, equipment into uh, into Puerto Rico during that time. Members of the Connecticut National Guard also recently helped mark 100 years since the armistice ending World War One. correct? Absolutely. Um, with it being the 100th anniversary of World War One in 2018, uh, we really tried to focus and push the history of how Connecticut was involved. Um, we actually got a huge boost in the help from that through a, a major motion picture, actually, uh, that really highlighted one of our, our uh, 
our mascots, if you will, our four-legged mascot, Sergeant Stubby. And uh, if you don't know the full story, Sergeant Stubby was a uh, stray dog that wandered onto the 102nd Infantry Regiment's training area down by Yale in New Haven, uh, was adopted by a private from the 102nd, brought overseas, and uh, served right alongside his uh, his his fellow two-legged his two-legged Connecticut compatriots during World War One. So we highlighted uh, all of the, the just the really cool history behind Sergeant Stubber, who's actually uh, on display at the Smithsonian, if you can believe it. Um, so that we have uh, a little piece of Connecticut history down there from the Connecticut National Guard. Um, this year in the summertime, we actually had the opportunity to send five members of the current 102nd Infantry Regiment over to France to walk the hallowed grounds, if you will, and take part in 100th anniversary commemorations for World War I. Uh, some, in some places, being in the same exact towns and churches and areas that members of the 102nd Infantry Regiment were 100 years prior, which is, which is pretty cool. Is the 102nd among the oldest units in the Connecticut Guard? Not only uh, in the Connecticut Guard, but the 102nd Infantry Regiment traces its roots back hundreds of years. It's one of the oldest in the in the country, in the in the National Guard itself. It's uh, it goes back, and their history is just uh, from the Revolutionary War on. It's 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 incredible the amount of history in that unit, and uh, to have uh, Sergeant Stubby immortalized on the big screen really will give generations to come an opportunity to. Find out what the 102nd did in the past, not just not just uh, in in the present day. So, what is the movie? Sergeant Stubby, an American hero, uh, is a movie. It's an animated film that came out earlier in 2018 that details uh, Sergeant Stubby and Private Robert Conway, the uh, the the private who uh, the soldier who adopted, or if you will, if you will, uh, smuggled <laughs> Sergeant Stubby into the infantry regiment and uh, brought him overseas, uh, where they where they. They faced numerous battles, and he was right alongside them. So coming up this week, you have a Freedom Salute on the 11th, correct? We do. Um, for one of our units that recently returned, we had uh, the 143rd Combat Sustainment Support Battalion send about 70 members to Poland in 2017. Uh, they recently came back, and we have a tradition we call Freedom Salute, where we bring the members of the unit back together, um, and we give... Uh, elected leadership, along with guard leadership, the opportunity to thank them for their uh, thank them for their service, uh, and publicly recognize them for all of the great things that they accomplished overseas. Talk about some of the rigors involved in preparing for a deployment overseas, beyond just you know being away from home for so long and being in harm's way. You know, a lot goes into it. Um, you think that you get the order to go overseas and you, you get your unit together and you get on a plane and get out. There's so much more than that. Um, the training that leads up to it, the logistics requirements that are behind the scenes, making sure that uh, uh, that a unit will get from its starting location here in Connecticut to where they'll train in the United States at their mobilization station, which is like typically an active duty post, uh, to making sure they get to their final destination, wherever it is overseas. Um, it's it's not easy. It's it's a monumental effort, and even you know the these the cyber detachment and the firefighters. It's a small, very very you know condensed group, not a unit size. It's a detachment, um, less than twenty total, and and it's it still takes uh, tremendous effort on the part of a lot of people in the guard to make it happen behind the scenes. So you have that stressor as well. So um, 
it is increased time away. It is increased uh, uh, before you before you deploy. But it's it's what we signed up for. It's you sign the dotted line and raise your right hand because you want to be part of something bigger than yourself, and you want to you want to help a cause bigger than you. And uh, I know in my experience that everyone that I've worked alongside and who I've deployed with personally um, are proud to do it. How did you get your start in the guard? So I honestly was a UConn student who uh, found out that I probably wasn't going to have enough money to pay for a four-year education and uh, wasn't talented athletically to play basketball at UConn, unfortunately. So uh, I started looking at options. Do I want to go back home and go to work or do I want to continue my education? And uh, the guard paid for my entire college by signing up and signing up. I was, you know, at one point, 15 years ago, was Private Peterson, was a truck driver for a company out of Stratford here, right here in the Connecticut National Guard. But uh, uh, it really helped set me up because I came out of college uh, with a, a skill that is in demand because as a truck driver, you need a CDL. Um, so it gave me something in case I was looking for a job out of college. But really, it, it helped pay for my college education and Fifteen years now, fifteen years later, here I am, uh, still in the guard, still proud to serve my community, my state, and my nation. Tell us about your recruitment efforts. So our recruitment efforts touch a lot of different parts of the community. Uh, everything we do in the public, I think, in my opinion, is a recruitment effort because uh, we want to give the impression of the the professional soldier, right, the professional airman, right here in Connecticut. Um, so every time we do a public engagement, in my opinion, it, it really is a recruiting effort. Anytime we, somebody asks us why we're in uniform or what we're doing or every parade that we, we march in in honor of Memorial or, or Veterans Day, as we, uh, we often do, we take the opportunity to let people know about what it is that we do, who we are, and the benefits of membership. But uh, we do have a cadre of dedicated and knowledgeable uh, career counselors and recruiters. Uh, who work with local schools, uh, other local community and state partners uh, to, to have a presence at events where people can ask questions and can see us firsthand. Um, one of my favorite events that we do every year is Sailfest. Uh, a lot of people don't know that our engineer battalion is capable of doing bridge building operations. So they can set up a floating bridge and they set up sections of it right there uh, on the Thames River for people to see and then drive a Humvee on it, which to show that it's actually a stable bridge. But it's one of those things that you might not put together if, if you don't know. So it's really on us to to educate the public by showing all that all that really cool stuff that we're we're capable of. As you noted, most members of the Guard also have a, a day job, so to speak. Have you found that those employers are generally understanding of the Guard member's role in serving the state and the nation? It, absolutely. It's a level of two-way communication, though, because obviously it's on the Guardsmen to let their employers know about their military commitment. And that's not just letting them know that I'm, I'm in the Guard or I serve as a reservist or I serve you know, my one weekend a month. It's making sure that they know what the schedule is throughout the year so that the employers who have shown nothing but incredible uh, support and maybe more importantly, flexibility – uh, when they hire a guardsman, we try to give them as much information up front as possible so they know, okay, so uh, uh, Private Peterson's going to be gone uh, the first weekend in December or you know, or, uh, or uh, the third weekend in March or whatever it is so that they can appropriately plan. Um, during the weekend, for those who work a Monday to fr through Friday, 9 to 5, the big key is making sure they know when our, our two weeks a year are, that annual training period. So 
it's a, it's a level of two-way communication. So employers deserve a level of that communication and a level of that heads up, if you will, of when their guardsmen will be away. And uh, we encourage any guards, any employers with any questions about the guard or uh, how it works in terms of uh, uh, the time schedules and why things work, how we do things behind the scenes to, to give us a call or send us a message to our Facebook page so that we can get in touch with you and maybe uh, have that conversation. We're we, we highly encourage that type of transparency. And you can be found on social media where? Uh, we have a, we have uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts at CT National Guard. Uh, yeah, all one word, at CT National Guard on uh, all three of those sites. He is Major Mike Peterson, Director of Public Affairs for the Connecticut National Guard. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Hey, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.